Hello and welcome back to the third podcast in the series, Unlocking Potential in Young Minds. My name's Jack Russell. I'm passionate about getting the best from young people. I'm joined today by uh, a very special young lady called Bella, who's going to be asking me some questions. Over to you, Bella. The first question I'd like to ask you is what are your thoughts and feelings about young people today? Mm, Thoughts and feelings about young people. Well, I've been working with young people for 37 years now. And uh, it all started off when I got a job uh, working with uh, John Ridgway up in Scotland. I was 19 years old. And I just saw how in two weeks working with 12 to 15 year olds, how you could really unlock young people. And that was physically, mentally, and emotionally. I then left John Ridgeways uh, to work in a school to teach geography. And that next year, I was asked by a television company to take some young people up to John Ridgeways in 1987. And we noticed that these young people really struggled kind of physically on the mountains and kayaking and being out on expeditions. So we brought in some doctors to kind of monitor their, their peak flow. We found out that um, they were incredibly lacking in in that physical sort of stamina and the ability to keep going. And so I moved into the field of of outdoor education, then into the field of, of positive psychology. There is a saying that we often say, which is respect your elders. I think we've got it wrong a little bit. I think we need to respect our youngsters. Young people have got huge amounts of talent and knowledge and skill and potential, but we don't always unlock it as educationalists. So for the last 23 years, I've been running a a project called the Rotary Youth Leadership Award. And uh, Rotary are an amazing organisation that look to select young people. And I've worked with literally thousands of young people over over the last 23 years. And they come on a seven-day leadership programme and they look at developing life skills. Half of the course is slightly academic, looking at um, theory, and the other half is, is the physical, looking at the life skills. And I can't tell you how many young people have walked away from that program and said, do you know what, Jack, I've learned more about myself in these last seven years than I have done in any educational establishment. And I remember driving back home one night after the seven days with tears rolling down my eyes thinking, why do we not teach this in school? Why do we not get the best out of young people on a regular basis every single day? You may have remembered back in podcast one, I talked about the concept of divergent thinking where some psychologists took three to five-year-olds and they gave them tests on divergent thinking about, um, and obviously children aren't held back by good, bad, easy, hard, beautiful, ugly, black, white. They just went ahead and did these tests and 98% were in the genius category for divergent thinking. Same young children were taken between the ages of eight and 10. Their skill level in divergent thinking went down to 32%. And then the same young people between the ages of 13 to 15 did similar tests and their level of divergent thinking was only 10% in the genius category. How do we lose that talent, that knowledge, that skill, that potential? Often it's down to schools and educational establishments being too much into uniformity and conformity. But we live in a tough world and I think we need to really equip young people to go into life with every single life skill that they can to be able to get the best from themselves and ultimately the best from others. What are some of the challenges young people face today? Well, we hear about it every single day, but mental health and well-being is absolutely huge. The amount of stress, depression, anxiety and obsession is massive. 
And much of this was was often enhanced by lockdown. You know, the the need to be with others, the need to, you know, find a sense of purpose in our world. The challenge of navigating the digital world is huge. You know, online gambling, gaming, social media, trying to keep up. Often young people have lost their sense of, of purpose and identity. You know, the ability to connect and communicate. One of these young people's courses I was running, um, I decided that um, as a team, we wouldn't give them, we wouldn't give them Wi-Fi. Now, a lot of them said this was against their human rights, <laughs> but at the end of the seven days, they'd learned to connect with each other, play musical instruments, play cards, talk with each other deeply, leave their phones behind. And many of them came up to me at the end and said, thank you, Jack and the team for weaning us off this social media because it's addictive. And not only is it addictive, but we see gambling adverts on television every single day. You know, we live in an economic challenge where, as we see today, the strikes, the cost of living crisis is massive. But there seems to be this instant gratification that we'll have what we want when we want it. We'll buy now and pay later. There also seems to be a disconnect with challenge and risk. I remember taking my two children to school one day and there was snow on the ground and the teacher said, please come inside, that snow's dangerous to all those polar explorers that would would later <laughs> ski to the North Pole. We tell people that they can't do things. We take away the risk and the challenge, climbing trees, the red tape, the, the amount of people that say that I, you know, running outdoor courses is dangerous. It's not dangerous. It's dangerous when we put people in the back of cars at 90 miles an hour and drive them down motorways. What actually is dangerous is when we don't give young people that chance to literally work with risk and make good decisions. But climate change and crisis, war, lack of political integrity, the cost of living and the post-pandemic blues, these are all things that seem to make for a very difficult time to navigate this time of, of life for young people. But actually building healthy relationships is critical you know, one in three relationships break down in our society today. So we need to teach these skills to really equip young people for the real challenges of our world today. What do the stats say about young people's issues? Good question, Bella. Well, I read a, an amazing paper by Professor Deplage called Blue Gym, and it was the concept of getting people out into nature and using, you know, waterways and the sea to actually develop health and well-being. But actually, in his article, he stated that we spend £77 billion. That's what it costs our nation in terms of mental health and depression, according to the Sainsbury Foundation for Mental Health. When it comes to adults, they spend 21% of their time in the outdoors. But often for children, it's a really sad 9% of their time is spent outdoors. And you can only think about, you know, a child of your own or, or somebody that you know that spends time in the rooms gaming just on their computers watching television we need to get young people out there by 2050 one in four children will be clinically obese and that'll cost our nation 45 billion i'll say that again that's 45 billion it'll cost because of children becoming clinically obese one in five children under 16 already have a mental disorder and according to, to Mathers and Lochner, they predict that mental illness will be the second most prevalent disorder worldwide. You know, our national happiness is the lowest it's ever been since the 1950s. And actually, that report was actually before lockdown, so goodness knows what it is. And the UK has been deemed as the unhappiest nation in Europe. 
some pretty depressing facts. So what can we do about it? Well, we need to be aware of what's happening. Other facts, by 21, when we turn 21, most young people have spent 10,000 hours on video games, over 10,000 hours on mobile phones, you know, that might be TV, you know, looking at YouTube and TikTok, but less than 5,000 hours reading. And here's the really, really upsetting statistic. 30,000 children as young as 11 have been classed with a problem as a problem gambler. We need to do something about this. How do you think we can improve our education system? Hmm, how can we improve our education system? When I was at school, I really struggled, um, as I think many people have. Um, some people say, you know, the best years of my life. It certainly wasn't for me. I just felt that that actually it was really difficult to find my way. I often felt that, you know, my talent and my knowledge and my skill weren't unlocked. Often people say, you know, it's, it's a bit like a, asking a fish to climb a tree. You know, we're just sometimes not cut out for, for some of our educational systems and structures. So I wanted to do something about it. And I went into teaching to really foster change. I mentioned already, I taught geography, worked in outdoor education. And today I work a lot in mind education. I coach a lot of head teachers. I work a lot with young people to, to really get them to believe in themselves. I've taught across the spectrum from socially excluded children right the way through to people like Prince Harry. So in my opinion, teachers do the most incredible job in society. They do the greatest job in society. You know, the need to unlock potential and inspire young people. But sadly, a lot of teachers are overworked, they're underpaid, and they're forced by politicians to do things right rather than the right things. I wrote an article a while ago, and, and it was called Education is Old School. And I mentioned that concept of uniformity and conformity. We just want to almost put people into a situation where they have to conform. But that doesn't allow for the creative thinking. Go back to the 13 to 15-year-olds. Only 10% were in the genius category for divergent thinking. So we've created 19th century establishments. We're teaching 21st century techniques for life in the 21st century. Only this week I looked up this concept of chat, GPT, the concept that you can put into artificial intelligence, just a series of key words and a whole article we've written for you. You know, where's the future going to be for young people? Most of the jobs that will be done by young people, we don't even know what they'll be or look like. But if you've ever looked at a job advert, it always says, you know, wanted somebody who's a good communicator, somebody who's confident, somebody who's got good leadership, good team skills, somebody who's motivated, and the list goes on and on. But do we teach formally those skills? Do we teach happiness? Do we teach positive thinking? Do we teach confidence and self-belief? In fact, if I go into any school and I ask young people, what is the one thing you want the most of? Most people say it's confidence. Do we teach motivation? Do we teach leadership? You know, personal leadership, team leadership, how to get the best from self and others. Do we teach decision making? We know that you know, the quality of your life will depend on the quality of your decisions. Do we teach relationships, um, skills? You know, how to work well with people? be it in a personal relationship, a loving relationship, or a work relationship? Do we teach financial planning? 
You know, we're in a, you know, a crisis at the moment, but do we know the difference between you know, all the financial issues that are going on? If we really, really looked at that, you know, how better equipped would we be for the future? And above all, do we teach goal setting? Do we teach young people to set goals? Do we teach young people to look into the future and not necessarily become part of somebody else's goal, but to look at where they're going? I worked with 80 schools in Kent a good few years ago, and I worked with head teachers looking at developing these skills. And the concept was just putting a golden hour into the schools each day so that they could start to really teach these skills so that we could upskill not only staff, but also pupils to really start to get the best out of themselves. Because the reality of it is, with PSHE and citizenship, we only put about two hours in a week. Two hours a week for something that we're desperately crying out for. How can we as a society bring out the best in young people? Great question. Thank you, Bella. I think we need to develop a, a nationwide culture that respects young people. You know, to respect young people is absolutely critical. You know, the talent and the skill in young people is phenomenal. We could learn so much with young people. I often say, you know, when I'm talking to companies, they say, Jack, what could we do to make our, our company better? I said, bring a bunch of young people in and get them to, to look at solving the issues and, and the challenges. And you've only got to look at, you know, the passion of, of young people, Greta Thunberg, to mention, you know, just one. But we need to grow the teaching profession. We need to get the real best. We need to get the best profession in the world, you know, diverse professionals from all walks of life coming in to, to educate our young people. We need to have inspiring educationalists, you know, not people that don't want to be there or don't even like children. We need to get the very best people to teach. We need a culture of lifelong learning. You know, to develop brilliant minds, to, to use technology to work with children rather than technology just using children. And I think that we need to develop a new education system. We need to test when ready, not just put everyone through the same challenges day in, day out, but tailor the learning so that we start to, to get the very best out of young people. We need to be a new beacon of what good education looks like, the envy of the world. And here's the real big thing. I think we need to make life skills 50% of our curriculum. And that's what we're crying out for. We're crying out for being better human beings. I'm fed up of teaching all these life skills, you know, to business people who turn around to me and say, why didn't we learn this when we were younger? Why didn't we learn this and start off with, with this? And we need to stop assessing schools. We need to stop over-assessing with that red tape and let teachers just get on with it. We need to trust staff to be at their best. And we need to develop staff. We need to put the money in. I mean, if we could put £77 billion into education rather than depression, you know, where would we be downstream? And we need to have a mission in schools to help every student find their purpose, to really realise why they're here, what they can contribute, what they can give back. We need to understand the passion that lies deep within every young person. We need to go into our grave with our music in us. We need to start playing right away. And we need to start working out what our life plans are. You know, understanding where we are now, where we want to be, and how we're going to get there. What we can do to put back and, and make the world a better place. As we sow today, we'll reap tomorrow. The best years of my life. We need to make this a reality again. Thank you, Bella. I really appreciate that. Wonderful to have you along. To be continued, look forward to the next one.